When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It is time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I'm Andrew for America. Right now, log in, get on, go online, log in, patreon.com slash Andrew for America. Become a subscriber. Just going to get that out of the way right now. Uh, go to soundcloud.com slash Andrew for America 1984 to check out my music. Uh, today, I have some very interesting, cool clips uh, that I want to introduce. Uh, I feel like a lot of my subject matter lately has been really, you know, I preach positivity and love and you know, a lot of the stuff I talk about on my show is dark and bleak and hopeless. And I know that, you know, it's not great to dwell in truth and reality completely all the time. Then you become like, you know, a Sartre or a Nietzsche level of hermit, uh, recluse, philosopher guy, right? <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. I'm still social. I'm still uh, enjoying being around other people, creating relationships, uh, you know, going on adventures, living life to its fullest while we still can. You know, that kind of stuff. You guys don't know that. Uh, well, some of you know that about me, but a lot of you guys don't ever see that side of me because I'm always doing this show. And the only time you ever listen to my voice is what I'm talking about, all this doom and gloom, reality, truth, conspiracy, bullshit, right? Um, so I'm going to keep talking about that, obviously, today, because that's what I do on this show. But I do have a, a guy that I recently discovered on TikTok I'm going inter- to introduce to you that I think you guys will like. I know I like him, and I'm going to start paying attention to his videos. Dan the Master Mason is his name. And uh, I don't know if he's really a Master Mason, but he passes himself off to be a Master Mason who joined TikTok in order to answer some questions and set the record straight. His handle is h.h.solomon. Go look him up. I think you're going to like his content. So I'm going to talk about him, but first I want to play this clip for you. So remember back when I did the an occult story with the NY Patriot, we had a lot of interesting conversations about the occult, secret societies, hidden knowledge, um, uh, say, you know, is it Satan, devil worship or not? You know, what exactly are the dark arts, and you know what constitutes becoming a magician? Is there secret knowledge that these groups of people have? What's the point, right? So I remember in that um, interview, I remember NY Patriot saying that he joined the OTO, but he was first interested in joining something called the Golden Dawn. And I recently came across an awesome TikTok clip. Of course, I'm telling you people, TikTok, I mean, like I said, I thought I was pretty advanced in the conspiracy theory game. Boy, I am a kindergarten preschooler compared to the level of my mind being blown with the information I am getting from TikTok. And maybe that's all, (laughs) brief aside, maybe that's a big plan on China's part. 
Maybe they're going to flood the world with misinformation and disinformation and completely change everything we thought we knew about anything. Maybe they're stirring up the shit so that there's an uprising or a revolt against the orthodoxy. Maybe it's the Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, controlled conflict theory, perhaps, right? Manufacturing consent, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. But here, let's, uh, let's learn together, people. Let's dive into some of this, these groups a little more. Today, we're going to dive deep. We're going to learn about the Golden Dawn. We're going to learn a new perspective on Freemasonry. We're just going to get a little bit, uh, you know, peel back a couple more onions on these organizations that are secret societies, allegedly, right? So here we go. Take a, a listen to this cool clip about the Golden Dawn. One of the most influential secret societies spawned by the Bavarian Illuminati is the Order of the Golden Dawn. It was founded in 1887 by a Freemason, William Wynne Westcott, who claimed to have deciphered a coded alchemical script containing initiation rituals of a secret German occult order called Die Golden Dammerung. Westcott already had plenty of experience conducting occult rituals. In 1865, he had helped establish a Masonic order called the Societas Rosicruciana, inspired by the Jewish magic of the Hebrew Kabbalah. These rituals are still enacted at study group meetings at the United Grand Lodge in London. For many years, the Golden Dawn held its meetings at the London headquarters of the Mark Masons. The Golden Dawn was plagued with scandal as rival high-ranking Masons wrestled for control of this influential Victorian secret society. In 1891, Westcott lost control of the Golden Dawn to another high-ranking Freemason magician called McGregor Mathers. Together with the poet W.B. Yeats, they devised new magical rituals and initiated the senior members of Britain's aristocracy. In 1903, control of the Golden Dawn was yet again seized by another Freemason called A.E. Waite. The rituals of the Golden Dawn were similar to ancient witchcraft. At the Old Bailey in 1901, two Golden Dawn associates, Mr. and Mrs. Horos, were tried for rape. They had used the Golden Dawn initiation ceremony to beguile their teenage victims. The Golden Dawn was nothing more than Freemasonry with added semi-satanic and sexual mysteries. The Golden Dawn still survives to this day. In 1987, a conference was held in London to commemorate the centenary of the Golden Dawn's conception. The conference was organized by the Hermetic Research Trust, whose trustees include the Marquess of Northampton, who is a prominent Royal Arch Freemason. Okay, so that's some interesting stuff. I feel like how it works is Freemasonry is like step one into the mysteries and the development of self and the developing of uh, a boy to a man that I recently learned is kind of part of the deal. That's why it's uh, historically been a male-only group. Um and we're going to get to that here later on. But, um, and then I think some of these uh, people that are in maybe Freemasons is how you started. And then I think maybe once you get to certain degrees or you uh, start groups, offshoot groups with small groups of people, I think then maybe they can take their form of masonry down different roads. Maybe like the OTO and the Golden Dawn, maybe darker paths of 
you know, darker magic, maybe Satan and Luciferian worship, who knows, right? But I think I think that there's some positive aspects of Freemasonry also, and we're going to get to that here in a second. But before I get to that, I want to play another clip for you that is interesting. This is another historical piece uh, about Adam Weishaupt and the beginning of the Illuminati and some of the Illuminati family bloodlines. Uh, I think it's he talks about the Saxons of, I think it's England. I could be wrong. But uh, here, let's uh, let's learn a little bit of uh, the history of some of these secret organizations. Here we go. Adam Weishaupt's doctrine of a new world order was laid out in three books which he wrote in the later years of his life. He lived in the town of Gotha, and his writing career was funded by the Saxe-Coburg dynasty, who came to the British throne through Edward VII. Edward VII was installed as Grand Master of British Freemasonry in 1875. He regularly appeared in public wearing the ceremonial uniform of a Masonic Grand Master. Like his Saxo-Coburg grandparents, King Edward VII was one of the biggest financial contributors to the Illuminati version of Freemasonry. He was crowned in 1901. Masonic lodges existed in several royal palaces, most notably in Kensington Palace, which was home to the Royal Alpha Lodge. It was here, in 1885, that King Edward VII initiated his own son, Prince Albert Victor, better known as Prince Eddie. Prince Eddie was genetically handicapped. Generation after generation of inbreeding within the Saxe-Coburg bloodline had resulted in Prince Eddie, the heir to the throne, being partially deaf. With typical cruelty, most of the royal family had no time for a partially deaf person, and Eddie's brother was groomed instead to take the throne after Edward VII died. Along with the great and the good of Victorian and Edwardian society, Prince Eddie spent much of his time enjoying himself at the taxpayer's expense in various brothels. Prince Eddie was a regular visitor of a homosexual paedophile brothel in Cleveland Street, London. Alistair Crowley, who claims to have been a member of the 1591 Studholm Masonic Lodge, and also a visitor to the Royal Alpha Lodge at Kensington Palace, was in possession of love letters between Prince Eddie and a young boy at the brothel. Okay, so, you know, allegedly, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I don't know where all these clips come from. Uh, TikTok, I guess. Lots of contributors these days. I think lots of people are wising up. I think that when some of us podcasters started doing this, uh, I remember even in some of my early episodes, I said, you know, I, I want more people to be having conversations about complex topics. I want more people to be talking to each other about literally anything. You know, I've said it before. It's, it's important to know your neighbors so that you can have an, uh, access to a network of knowledge and information that you would not otherwise have. And I know how it is. You know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to know my neighbor. I don't care. I see, I, I pass them all the time, but we don't need to have a relationship. I mean, I suppose you can do that. It's just not the best course of action in life, in my opinion. You know, maybe that's easier said than done for some of you, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just glad that more people are making videos and now and well, and podcasts obviously and now it's getting to a point where a lot of people are jumping on board. You got a lot of people making TikToks for stupid shit, selling their ass or selling a product or just 
running their mouth about nonsense gibberish, revealing how, you know, idiotic and moronic and disconnected and unaware that they are. And maybe it's entertaining to some of you, maybe it's not. But I feel like a lot of you are easily entertained (laughs) when I see some of the videos that I see on TikTok. But anyway... I'm glad there are more people talking about spirituality, about the mysteries, about the hidden forbidden knowledge, about actual history, and not the story that we've been told. I love that people are talking about different religious beliefs and backgrounds and thought processes and all that stuff. Everything that the schools aren't teaching you anymore. (laughs) Oh, boy. Education. It's, I mean, where'd it go? Where did education go? It's gone. We've had indoctrination for a very long time. I didn't realize how long and historic and pervasive the indoctrination was. I recently heard somebody speaking, I think it was Lindsay Sharman was talking on Sam Tripoli, about how bad these schools are (laughs) and how you know back in the day things that we taught in high schools are advanced level courses in colleges these days I mean there has been a concerted effort to keep you dumbed down and stupid for sure documented fact evidence you can go find this stuff I'm not making it up So, you know, it's out there, people. And your quest is up to you. Nobody can teach you how. Nobody can show you how. All we can do is show you the signs and the symbols, point you in the right direction wherever we can. But the quest is up to you. It's a personal thing. And our new friend, Dan the Master Mason, is going to talk about a little bit of that here. So let's knock out a commercial, and we come when we come back, we're going to meet our new friend, Dan the Master Mason, and he's going to dispel some myths and answer some questions about Freemasonry from his perspective. Go grab a beverage, strap on your seatbelt. It's going to be a fun enjoyable ride today not so bumpy last episode last episode is a little bumpy little bumpy talking about Kanye and Kyrie anti-semitism that stuff gets bumpy I know so I'm gonna try to mellow out the ride today okay (laughs) Uh, I love you guys thanks for being here I'll be right back All right, people, welcome back to the show. I'm going to play a couple clips from H.H.Solomon on TikTok. New member of TikTok. Uh, It's videos of this gentleman, looks to be around my age. He's probably in his 40s. His name is Dan, says that uh, he's a master mason. So I'm going to introduce Dan as a new character here on the politics and punk rock podcast my fellow americans meet our new friend dan the master mason i'm dan i'm a master mason i'm in a blue lodge in the state of georgia i'm also a member of the scottish right and the york right and i feel like i have to do this i'm not a social media guy i'll be honest with you not even sure how to hold this camera because I've only been doing this for 20 seconds and I've almost hit a pole twice. Besides that, I want to answer some questions. Maybe questions that everybody else has been asking. Questions that I ask myself. Questions for your family. Questions for your friends. People at your church. Your pastor. Your priest. Whoever. (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure my family thinks I'm in a cult. But I'm not. But how do I 
communicate that? How do I convey that to people? How important Freemasonry is? Not just to me, but to the world at large. I'm not here to defend Freemasonry because it doesn't need defense. It's at the end of the day, it's about one thing, about the truth. No matter where the truth takes us, no matter what the truth is. That's what Freemasonry is. So we're gonna talk a little bit more. I'm gonna put some thoughts out there and I wanna hear from you. Freemasonry is not a social club. It's not a charity. It's not a religion. And it's definitely not a political party. We're seekers. What are we looking for? Well, that which was lost. And it's not just for Freemasons to find. Anyone can find it. We hold no special truth. We don't hold the keys to eternal life. That's between you and God. So if we don't have any special knowledge or any secrets, what's the point? That's a great question. All right, Dan, sir, I'm hooked. If someone uh, like you came along earlier in my life and explained what Freemasonry was, is to me in the way that you just explained it to people, I'm hooked. You sound like me, Dan. I'm a searcher. I'm a seeker. I'm looking for truth. I'm looking for that which is lost. I've already moved from boyhood to manhood, but I appreciate that that's part of the deal. You're about to hear Dan talk about that here in this next clip. But Dan, I'm interested. Maybe I should join your lodge of Freemasonry. <laughs> because you sound like me. Some of the stuff I just heard you say in this clip reminds me of stuff that I would say. So let's move on. Let's listen to Dan talk a little bit more. In this next clip, he's going to say the reason in his, from his perspective, from his opinion, why he feels that not a lot of women have been Freemasons, historically speaking. He says that there are some in some European countries, but typically Masonry is a men-only deal. So let's listen to Dan explain why that is. Here we go. Hey, me again. So I'm going to answer this question because I've seen it posted a lot in response to our video. And I get asked this question a good bit in between, you know, the ones calling me a demon worshiper. That one's fun. At least come up with some new ones. Besides that, the question is, can women be Freemasons? Or why is Freemasonry just for men? So I'm going to attempt to answer that. First of all, it depends on what country you're in. There is no Grand Lodge of Masons of the world. So there's not one lodge that sets all the rules for Freemasonry around the world. There's tradition and Grand Lodges in every country. And in the United States, every state has its own Grand Lodge. And it votes on how it works. So most states in the United States, women are not Freemasons. England, a lot of European nations, they do have women. But that brings me to another point. Why do I think it's kind of strictly for men? Because I think there's a time in every man's life when he goes from being a boy to being a man. A lot of cultures had an initiation for when that was pronounced to have happened in a boy's life, becoming a man. We miss that out a lot in our culture especially Western cultures. Freemasonry is a bit of an initiation. Taking the childish things and putting them behind you and moving on, becoming a man. I think today's men are kind of confused. In my generation, they're searching for something because we're told a lot about what we shouldn't be. Rightly so in a lot of cases. But what should we be as men? Freemasonry is not just about gaining knowledge. It's about gaining and sharpening character. It's about becoming a wiser man. How to use that knowledge to impact the world around me? Because here's the fact. 
Every man, every woman in this world is going to make an impact. We just decide what kind of impact that's going to be. And I can tell you, having a fraternity of men who help and search for the truth and making good men better makes a man have a positive impact on his family, on his community, and on his country. We've seen a lot of Freemasons throughout history have huge impacts from U.S. presidents to kings to politicians to businessmen to community leaders. Freemasonry helped them shape their character, shape their mind, see who they were, how to be a man, a better man every day. There's going to be a time in every man's life where he's not a good man. And we do not leave this world unscarred. But we should never leave this world unchanged. If you want to impact your world in a positive way, you want to leave your community, your country, your state, your family better than you found it. We surround ourselves with men who will be there. Sharpening as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That is Freemasonry. That is Freemasonry to me. And if you're a man searching, feeling like you're blown by the wind, this is your compass to help you with your relationship to yourself, to your community, to your family, to your God. All right, Dan, I'm sold. <laughs> Sign me up. You sound a lot like me, good sir. Maybe I have a skewed perspective about Freemasonry. Because maybe all the news and information that I have received about Freemasonry thus far in my life came to me through the Internet, the AI, the Archon energy magicians who intend to deceive and misdirect maybe it's kind of like remember in school when they said to you your level of interest in a subject is going to be directly correlated to how the professor how the teacher delivers the information so if you had an economics class and the teacher talked to you about economics kind of like this in this monotone Ben Stein voice without any inflection or emotion added and I started talking to you about supply and demand and all these numbers, you're probably not going to be that interested in economics. I might even end up putting you to sleep. I know I fell asleep during shitty economics classes in my day. And they taught it at 8.30 in the morning on Friday or Saturday. You really think I'm waking up that early and digesting economics? Half-wasted and hungover from the night before? <laughs> See, it's like they want to keep this shit a secret. <laughs> Here, just keep giving us your money. You don't really need to learn any of this shit. Here, go party. Go get laid and try drugs for the first time, right? That's college. Not a lot of education going on. But if you had an economics teacher that said, this is Keynesian economics. This is, these are the Austrian economists. Some think this way, laissez-faire. Some think this way, government can intervene, yada, yada, etc., etc., Maybe you would be more interested in economics if he had a voice like mine explaining it to you. You see what I'm saying, people? Words are spells. Spelling. Cursing. Cursive. Right? The quality of your words is very important. I'm getting better at not being so 
disjointed and stream of consciousness all the time. I'm learning how to be more concise. I'm learning how to get my point across in a quicker, faster, more effective way that delivers results to the listener. That's what I'm working on in my life. And I'm doing it for all of you. So share this podcast. Tell your friends. We're going to learn together here on the show. We're not going to pull any punches. And we're not going to run away from controversial topics and conversations. We're going to face it. We're going to embrace it. And then we're going to rock out to some punk rock tunes. What's not to love? about the politics and punk rock podcast. <laughs> right? I mean, you guys are listening. Shit, tell your friends. Let's let's start a secret society of our own. <laughs> An offshoot of Dan Master Ma- Dan the Master Masons uh brand of Freemasonry, right? I don't know. But I, I like this guy, Dan, the Master Mason's perspective when he describes his love and his involvement in that which is Freemasonry. And this stuff is ancient people. That's another thing I wanted to get across to you on the show today is that Golden Dawn clip, the Illuminati. I mean, we were going back years and years and years. We're going back to the time of Christ. It, they might even go back to before the time of Christ. Me and NY Patriot took it all the way back to the ancient Sumerians, definitely the ancient Egyptians. A lot of what's going on in the world today came out of the mystical societies and religions and groups and knowledge that came from ancient Egypt. And even in the Mayan and Aztec civilizations down in Mexico and Central America. The Incans, you know, and all the societies from South America. A lot of knowledge of celestial phenomenon, a lot of uh, advanced knowledge of numbers and mathematics, physics even. We think we're the most advanced technologically moral uh, civilization that has ever been. Boy, my fellow Americans... As much as I love this country, there is nothing that could be further from the truth about our beloved United States of America. The people that are ruling this nation are far, far from moral, decent, reasonable, (laughs) rational, logical, pragmatic, cooperative, Uh uh-uh. Not the people in charge of this country, my fellow Americans. Regardless of what our American propaganda has drilled into our brains ever since our quote-unquote indoctrination began. Public education. When the government got a hold of raising your children. I don't have kids. And the reason why I don't have kids is because I'm terrified for the future that is, a, you know, <laughs> the, the, the future that we are giving to your kids, your children. I'm afraid for your children. Maybe I'm more afraid for your children than you are. And that is a paradoxical mindfuck. A guy that doesn't have children is more concerned about other people's children than the parents of those children. I do feel that way sometimes in my life. I have felt that way before because I've seen some shitty fucking parents in my day. Part of it's cultural. Part of it's the, you know, the programming and the indoctrination. And the, and the social control, the social engineering that, that takes place here in America and has been taking place by the invisible government, the intelligence communities, 
the rich banking and corporation owning families that I continue to talk about on this podcast. I'm kind of going all over the place because I'm kind of inspired by Dan the Master Mason here. Uh, And again, go check him out, H.H. Solomon. I wonder if that's a reference to (laughs) King Solomon, Solomon's Temple, the Knights Templar. You guys know the history by now, I would imagine. Man, Freemasonry just fascinates the shit out of me. I don't know if I'm going to go join a lodge, but man, I like learning about this stuff, and I hope you do too. These secret societies aren't so secret anymore, it seems, these days. That's why I entitled this episode, Not So Secret Societies. Because I feel like with the dawn of TikTok and social media and the internet, you know, misinformation and disinformation is rampant. That's why you have to vet your sources, vet your information that you receive. We're in an information war. That is the name of the game here in the 21st century. I've been over it a million times. So, choose your own adventure, right? Life's a choose your own adventure, people. A choose your own adventure book, rather, is what I meant to say. You guys remember Choose Your Own Adventure books? I love those little fuckers when I was a kid. Man, I love those. They should still make those. You know what? Maybe I'm going to start writing Choose Your Own Adventure books <laughs> for a new generation. Maybe the world needs more of that. Maybe I should start writing a book. I've thought about it, and people have told me to do it for so long. Maybe it's time. Maybe the time has come. Maybe I need to add author to author, podcaster, bartender, punk rocker, political commentator, artist, musician, etc. Who knows? Maybe I'll write a book someday. Um, what else did I want to talk about today? Uh, here we go. Take a listen to this. Out of analysts... Uh... I also was an interrogator and indeed briefed the press when we, the CIA, wanted to um, circulate disinformation on a particular issue. Disinformation is not necessarily necessarily a lie, it may be a half-truth. And uh, we would pick out a journalist, I would go do the briefing and uh, hope that he would put the information in print. For instance, if we wanted to get uh, across to the American public that the North Vietnamese were building up their force structure in South Vietnam. I would go to a journalist and advise him that in the past uh, six months, X number of North Vietnamese forces had come down the Ho Chi Minh Trail system through southern Laos. Now, there is no way a journalist can check that information. So either he goes with the information or he doesn't, and ordinarily or usually, the journalists would go with it because it was it looked like some kind of exclusive and um, I would say our percentage of planning that kind of data was uh, 70 to 80 percent. The correspondents we targeted were those who had terrific influence, the most uh, respected journalists in Saigon like Robert Chaplin of the New Yorker magazine, Kai's Beach uh, of the Los Angeles Times from time to time and also he worked for the Chicago Daily News uh, Bud Merrick of U.S. News and World Report, uh, Malcolm Brown of the New York Times, and even Maynard Parker of Newsweek magazine. Uh, we would uh, go after these gentlemen. Uh, I would uh, be directed to cultivate them, to spend time with them at uh, the Caravelle Hotel or the Continental Hotel, to socialize with them, and, and slowly but surely to try to gain their confidence by dolloping out Uh, valid information, information which was true. And then I would drop in into a conversation the data that we wanted to get across which might not be true. Uh, One piece of data, for instance, uh, that uh, we managed to plan in the New Yorker magazine had to do with uh, a supposed North Vietnamese effort in 1973 to develop airfields along the border of South Vietnam. The reason we wanted to plant this information was that 
we were trying to persuade the U.S. Congress that Saigon should uh, be continued to uh, should continue to get a great deal of aid, uh, and that uh, the North Vietnamese were the chief violators of the ceasefire accord. That was printed in uh, the New Yorker magazine under the byline of Robert Chaplin, as indeed was a great deal of such information which, uh, which we tried to circulate. If I planted a piece of information with a reporter, I would ordinarily then try to create an environment in which he could not check the information. I would go to the British ambassador and brief him on the disinformation I had just given the reporter. So when the reporter wanted to cross-check what I told him, with, uh, say, the British ambassador, New Zealand ambassador, or what have you. He would get false confirmation, the same message coming back at him. He'd say, aha, I've got proof that Frank Snap told me the truth, when in fact what he'd gotten was simply an echo of what uh, I'd given him in the first place via the British ambassador or other of our friendly diplomatic contacts. I am, as an ex-CI agent, uh, opposed to the disinformation activities uh, in which I was involved. I admit that I was involved and I think it uh, uh, served no useful purpose uh, propagandizing the American uh, public or Congress is not the CIA's job. Wow, people, that was explosive. And that's an old clip. That's former CIA officer Frank Snap flat out admitting to you people how our invisible government operates. Former CIA officer Frank Snap just got done explaining to you everything that I have been uh, alleging on this podcast since episode one. They feed stories to the media. The CIA basically is the puppet master of the mainstream media. You knew that back when we had the church committee. You knew that back, you know, around the JFK era. And it's been going on probably even before that. I don't, I don't know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. My fellow Americans, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. And I will continue to say it until it sinks in. What you are watching on any mainstream media news outlet, network, channel, whatever. Be it Republican, be it Democrat, it does not matter. You are getting the same messaging crafted and framed in a very specific way in order to target a market demographic intended to control how you think not what you think necessarily although that is part of it but how you think about a topic it's like they're doing a little bit of the thinking for you without you even knowing it. Subliminal messaging, framing, smoke and mirrors, magic tricks. Turn off the mainstream media. Poor excuse for the word news, quote, unquote. The only news you're going to get any more moving forward in your life now that we have arrived where we are here in the 21st century the only way you're going to get real factual true information anymore is by discovering it for yourself I'm sorry knowledge takes work and that's why knowledge is power that's why success takes work you don't just get to be successful without doing the work of learning and thinking and growing and achieving failing many many times 
but not giving up, not throwing in the towel, not surrendering. That's what it's all about. And I kind of think, I'm starting to think that's what Freemasonry is about. I'm going to keep listening to Dan, the Master Mason, talk to us about Freemasonry. It's my new addiction, I think. (laughs) I got a lot of addictions. Uh, I tell you what, people. Oh, don't worry. My addictions are healthy. I'm not suicidal or strung out. Don't worry. Of mental addictions, I think is what it is. I, I I dwell and dive into things more than the average person, for better or for worse. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, I think I've run my mouth enough today. I wanted to play this uh, clip from Frank Snap, former CIA officer, just to prove my point, people. I told you uh, on previous podcasts, I'm going to continue to bring the heat. I'm going to continue to hammer you repeatedly with this subject matter and information, much like the mainstream media does. I'm fighting fire with fire. Go check out alternative media. Get away from the mainstream media. And and I'm not saying believe everything you hear on alternative media. I've heard some podcasts out there that are flat out fucking garbage. And the fact that anyone listens to it is... Makes me feel like I'm doing a real, real good job. And I am far from what I would describe as a successful podcaster. I think I'm on my way, but I don't think I'm anywhere near the top tier. And speaking of the top tier, here's a guy that I think is becoming a top tier podcaster. Charlie Robinson, the Macro Aggressions Podcast. He recently had one of my favorites on, John Perkins, author of the book Confessions of an Economic Hitman. When I saw the tagline for his episode, I think it's 280-something. Here, let's see if I can't look it up. I'll look it up here for in a second and tell you which one it is. But it's one of his most recent. Um. And Charlie and John Perkins have a awesome conversation. Um, some of the things that John Perkins said in that interview, uh, I've heard him say almost verbatim before, and I'm sure that it's uh, taglines that he's memorized from, uh, you know, excerpts of his book and going on and doing interviews and talking about his books, multiple books. He, he's written more than just Confessions of an Economic Hitman, uh, and I recommend. Y'all read that book. It changed my life. Uh, Charlie Robinson says that in his interview, he says, you know, this book uh, changed my life. And it reminds me of uh, the book Ishmael by Daniel Quinn I've talked about on the show before. Uh, There are people that have said that uh, they put all the books that they've ever read into two categories. The The books that they read before Ishmael and before Confessions of an Economic Hitman and the books that they've read after and I love how people describe that journey, that that uh, experience of actually reading and digesting a book and understanding it and using what you learn from that in your personal life, moving forward. That's what learning and growing is all about. That's how it happens. So you got to get involved, people. You got to participate. You can't stand on the sidelines and think you're going to learn everything and know everything that there is to know and learn without any action, without any effort, without getting involved in doing the work. And my fellow Americans, I really hope you do. Find a way, find the time, find the desire, find the courage to think, to learn to entertain ideas without necessarily accepting them. Without believing everything you hear just because you heard it. The gullible and naive, that's how they operate. You tell them a story, boom, 
they believe it as if it's the word of God and then they go out and they shoot up a school or something. That's the fundamentalism and the radicalization and the feeble-minded, nutjob, idiot people in our society that we need to try to help. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe some of them aren't savable. Maybe some people just aren't ever going to have the mental capacity and capability to understand certain topics and concepts. And that's fine. Are they less than because of that? No. Should we treat them less than because of that? No. Do I talk shit about that a little bit too much? Yeah, probably. But I really do love you. I really do love everybody. I really do have the best intentions in mind with all this doom and gloom, reality and truth shit I talk about on my podcast. And I know I can be abrasive. I know I can push people away from me. I get it. It's part of my charm. (laughs) And it's also an area of opportunity for me. I am and I have taken steps in my past to manage my anger and frustration and my boisterousness. I'm learning to find calm and contentment in life. Doing this podcast is therapeutic for me. Uh, I'm not a big fan of getting on psychotropic drugs or taking anti-anxiety or antidepressant drugs. I think that that is the beginning of the end for a lot of people when they let those pharmacological methods get into them. In the words of Aldous Huxley, And I'm not saying that there's no such thing as mental illness and that some people shouldn't be medicated. I'm sure that there are people out there where being on medication helps them greatly. But I think that a lot of people cop out and say that they have a mental illness and really they're just too chicken shit to face the facts and to face the truth and to face the reality. They're completely incapable of self-reflection. They're completely incapable of admitting fault and being open-minded. They're completely incapable of thinking about anybody other than themselves. This is called narcissism or borderline personality disorder, whatever. Extreme selfishness. And those kind of people I like to call the devil. Can we help the devil find God? Can we help the evil find the good? Or is there a little bit of good and evil inside of each and every one of us? The choice and the decision is up to you. But keep in mind, my fellow Americans, what you allow is what will continue. And our ignorance is their strength. People! I love you guys so much. God, I love doing this podcast so much. I hope you guys like listening to it as much as I like making it. Let's turn up the optimism and the fun, and let's play some punk rock. Right, people. It's time to play some punk rock. But real quick, before the punk rock, I gotta read this. This is from someone that follows me on Instagram, Susie Q's. Uh, I like her posts. Uh, this one's talking about QAnon. And I found this little write-up quite interesting. I think she's talking about Trump here and Trump's connection to Freemasonry and the Kabbalah. And if you don't think that there is a connection, you are incorrect. I did an entire show about the Trump 
family's connection, uh, specifically to Norman Vincent Peale, 33rd degree Freemason, married Trump. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Jared Kushner and Ivanka and the kids all had the red bracelet of the Kabbalah followers on publicly in pictures as of late. Same as Tucker Carlson. I think Tucker Carlson probably follows Kabbalah, whether he likes to admit it or not. Not quite sure. But listen to this. Hermetic Kabbalah is a Western esoteric tradition involving mysticism and the occult. It is the underlying philosophy and framework for magical societies, such as the Golden Dawn, Thelemic orders, and that means that's referring to Aleister Crowley's religion, Thelema, mystical religious societies such as the Builders of the Adytum and the Fellowship of the Rosy Cross, or the Rosicrucians, or the Rockshilds, or the Rothschilds, if you get that connection. I've been over that before. Uh, and is a precursor to the neo-pagan, Wiccan, and New Age movements. Hermetic Kabbalah. That's what we're talking about. The Hermetic Kabbalah is the basis for Clifothic Kabbalah. And these are spelled with Q's, by the way. So I think that uh, this person, whoever wrote this, is referring to QAnon and connecting it to Kubala, like the Kabbalah. Uh, is that true? Is the QAnon thing a big psyop being perpetrated by magicians that are adherents of secret society, magical belief systems? I mean, if anybody's going to try to pull the wool over your eyes and trick you and misdirect you, it's probably going to be someone doing a magic trick, right? And the Hermetic Kabbalah uh, uh, that they're referring to here is studied by left-hand path orders, such as the Typhonian order. Okay, so apparently there's a left-hand and a right-hand path in some of these. Um, I know about the three pillars of the Kabbalah um, tree of life or whatever. I've learned a little bit about that. That's the famous... Uh, symbol that connects all the secret societies that I'm sure you've seen in your conspiracy theory uh, theory circles. Uh, Hermetic Kabbalah was birthed in Alexandria, Egypt, and the Egyptian New Year is 9-11. Hmm. That's a bit interesting and coincidental, wouldn't you say? And then President Trump announced he would run for president Exactly 666 days after his last full day as president. And also a MAGA is a magician in satanic orders. Trump is their antichrist, false savior figure that will lead Americans into their end times. God, Gog and Magog war. And we all know George H.W. Bush is Magog. So is he representing Satanism and the Antichrist? And is whoever Gog is then the inversion of that? Is Gog God or good? Thesis, antithesis, yin, yang, zero or one positive or negative, all of this symbol, word spelling and symbolism refers to, in my opinion, the masculine and feminine energy, the, the, the conflicting energies, the two wolves I've spoken about before that live inside of all of us. It all comes down to choices. You want to save the world? You want to become a god Maybe you're already already a god of sorts. Maybe the divine spark is in each and every one of us. And maybe every single decision you make in this life 
leaves a mark, makes an impact, in the words of Dan, the Master Mason. My fellow Americans, the future of our world is up to you. This band has a new record, a new EP coming out on December 9th. So when this airs, it's probably going to be right around that day. And they are awesome. They got a new EP coming out called Exponential Decay. You can pre-save, pre-order it right now on distrokid.com. It'll be on your streaming services, I'm sure, Spotify and Apple, etc. And I'm going to play you one of their songs that is going to be on this EP that they pre-released for all of us to taste test, if you will. So here we go. Making their return to the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here's the band Zero Cost with one of their brand new songs entitled Clear the Decks. That was the song Clear the Decks by the band Zero Cost. And they're getting ready to do a tour over in uh, England, I believe. They were uh, talked about on the BBC over there, I think I saw on their website. Uh, BBC Music introduces Zero Cost. Yep, so I think they're going on tour over in Europe, uh, England for sure, soon. And their new EP entitled... Exponential Decay comes out soon. Be looking for it. Comes out on the 9th of December. Go check out Zero Cost. They are awesome. And before I go today, my fellow Americans, I want to read you a little quote by one of my personal favorite libertarian thinkers, Murray Rothbard. And I quote, In all societies, public opinion is determined by the intellectual classes, the opinion molders of society. For most people, neither originate nor disseminate ideas and concepts. On the contrary, they tend to adopt these ideas and those ideas promulgated by the professional intellectual classes the professional dealers in ideas now throughout history as we shall see further despots and ruling elites of states have had far more need of the services of intellectuals 
than have peaceful citizens in a free society. Amen to that, Mr. Rothbard. For states have always needed opinion-molding intellectuals to con the public into believing that its rule is wise, good, and inevitable, and into believing that the emperor has clothes, unquote. If you get the emperor has no clothes reference there. That was a quote by Murray Rothbard, echoing everything that I and many others have been talking about for quite some time. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com, buy a t-shirt, donate to the show, listen, I'm sorry, read, rather, the show notes. Uh, Click on the link to become a My Fellow American subscriber on Patreon for only $3 a month. Click on the SoundCloud link to go check out my music, if you like my music. Uh, And I guess that's the show. I love you guys. Go give this episode a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you're listening on. I'd really appreciate that. And today, I'm going to let our good friend of the show, Klaus Schwab, (laughs) play us out at the end of the outro clip. So, I guess that's it. As always, take care of each other out there. Strive to learn something new today. Strive to be better tomorrow than you were today. Strive to move from childishness towards adulthood. If adulthood is even a thing here in America anymore, I find that adults are getting fewer and farther between every single day. Let's, uh... Let's reverse that trend for you, for me, for all of us. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 122 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled, Not So Secret Society. See ya next time. So we have to define how the world should look like, which we want to come out of this transformation period. I uh, respect uh, China's achievements, which are tremendous over the last uh, over 40 years. I think it's um, a role model for many countries. China's a role model for the rest of the world, people. You guys see what's been going on in China lately? Police state crackdowns of their protesters, citizens who are fed up with the communist Orwellian police state New World Order bullshit. Keep your eye on China, people. I love you guys. We'll see you soon.